Podcasting from the CRW studio, this is the Two Drink Minimum with your hosts, Henny and Patron. Cheers, college football fanatics, and welcome to the Two Drink Minimum. I am Dan Patron, and with me as always is Evan Hennigan. Tonight, the Big 12. Welcome to Offense Country, the home of games with awesome names like Bedlam and Red River Shootout, where defense goes to die and the pirate Mike Leach invented the spread offense. Our full preview, the intriguing teams, players of the year, dark horse players, dark horse teams, and the game of the year, plus bold predictions and the championship. It's the last three, it's the last of the big three previews. I'm supposed to say Big Five, but it's Big Three now. It's the last of the Big Three previews next on The Two Drink Minimum. Little slip there in the uh, post-COVID college football world there, Kevin. Sorry about that. You're not looking at the Big Four. You're not buying in on the – I'm not angry. Jeff Scott (laughs) and the USF Bulls might be angry. Oh, you're, they got. Not, we'll, we'll get to that. You're not. Buy, are you buying into the big four? Or wait, wait and see the next episode. Yeah. I guess we'll hold on. Have to, to that tune thought. in. Have to tune into the next one. I, I'm not buying in. I'm not buying in. So you don't have to tune in because Dane just told you. But anyways, <laughs> I won't tell you. Uh, but football's back, Patron. Right, this past Saturday night, that was awesome. But, college football history. I didn't think we were going to actually get here, and we did make it. There are college football games happening. There's more coming up this weekend that we can get into. But a season that I was pretty nervous about, you go back a few weeks, months, I didn't think it was going to happen. Watching that Saturday night, I was pumped. I I was watching high school football on Fridays, thinking to myself, this is going to be what we have, get used to it. The kids were good. It was fun to watch, but it was nothing like that Saturday uh, extravaganza, which was Austin P in central Arkansas. I mean, it 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 was awesome. It was fun to watch those two teams played really well. Uh, it was a great way to start the year. Last week was a great way to start the previews. Good time. Had a really good time being back in studio, Henny. This week we have the Big 12 preview. Uh, let's take a look at what we have for beer. Ooh, you brought a good one. Citra Dippa Double IPA uh, out of Roarback Brewing Company called The Space Kitty. Uh, wonderful brewery out of Rochester. If you ever get a chance to go out there, they got a really nice brew house with a restaurant that is worth visiting. I don't know if you've ever been there. You're a Rochester guy, aren't you? Didn't you teach in Rochester? I went to school right outside Rochester, taught there for a year. I never was there, though. Big 12. Big 12. Same format as last week. Let's dive, dive right in. The team that intrigues you within the Big 12. You want me to lead us off? Go, go ahead. We're go starting ahead. with Oklahoma State. They're getting a lot of attention. I shouldn't have let you lead off. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're I'll, getting... I'll think of a different one while you're talking. Well, I, I wouldn't blame you if you also went with Oklahoma State because that is a team that disappointed last year. I, they, I think they had lost five games last year, were banged up, but they returned outside of a couple of dudes at Alabama, maybe your best running back wide receiver duo that you're going to see. Their quarterback was the freshman of the year. They made attention. They, they got a lot of attention during the offseason with Gundy and then Chuba Hubbard and him going back and forth a little bit on Twitter. So they had some not-so-great moments, but they appear to have righted things at Oklahoma State. That's a team that's going to compete to win the Big 12, and Chuba Hubbard is a guy that we're going to want to watch every Saturday. The This was a team that 
was a was a sneaky good pick before these COVID concerns came in, and now that it has shortened the the off season, so to speak, no spring ball, very short summer ball. You're looking for these teams that bring back players, and I think they bring back ten of eleven on defense. That's right, like that trio that you said they bring back: Spencer Sanders at quarterback, Taylor Wallace at wide receiver, and Chuba Hubbard at running back. That's you know, it's a great point that you make. That's as formidable of a trio as anybody is is bringing back. And especially when you're talking about the Big 12, that's as formidable of a trio as people are bringing back. You know, you, by you, far. You talk about, you know, maybe say Oklahoma, who's always stacked. They're still stacked at the receiver position. But some of those guys leave. Spencer Rattler is supposed to be awesome, but we don't know. So, you know, when you take a look at the Big 12, this is by far the best offensive trio that anybody is returning. And you could go outside of the Big 12 and say the same when comparing them to most teams. And then when you take that in combination with what they're returning on defense, and maybe it wasn't a good defense, but these are kids growing up to be men. So one year older matters at this level. You know, one year longer in the weight room. Plus, you fill in some of these incoming freshmen or some of these rising guys that maybe redshirted to put on some pounds last year. This is a team that's going to be deep, at least on defense, and a team that's stacked on offense. They were bad against the pass last year, one of the worst in the Big 12, and that is a conference that being bad against the pass is dangerous because now we're thinking it's got to be a shootout every single game. It's dangerous. Synonymous with common, or uh, that's true. But the same word. uh, They were one of the worst teams in the country. I've never interchanged those words before. uh, But are we tonight dangerous and common? And common. Uh, Do you have any concerns with Chuba Hubbard? He ran the. He led the country, I believe, in attempts or rushing. Like he, they relied on him a lot. Wallace goes down. Is there any concern with this kid of fatigue and? what you know the beating he's going to take during the season this year all conference games for the most part you're not getting any cupcakes no because i i mean i think that this guy is a freak in the same sense of you know your jonathan taylor where you go is there too much wear on those treads and just and just no i mean he's he's a freak he's an nfl player he's a guy that is going to dominate at this level that's why he gets the touches He's going to be spectacular again, and this offense is going to be tough to deal with. We're going to, I'm sure, talk about them a little bit more in this program. If if you're going to steal my intriguing team, then I guess I'll drop down to a team that I had listed here as well. I had Iowa State listed. You know, it's a team that goes seven and six last year. They, they did not have a spectacular season. But anytime you have a Brock Purdy returning in this shortened season, you've got a puncher's chance in whatever game you're playing. You know, Brock Purdy was a guy who, you know, he sort of took over in 2018. I think it was around midseason. He wasn't supposed to be the starter. In fact, two guys got hurt in front of him before he took over. So he takes over in 2018, and he was unbelievable. I mean, his sophomore year, he threw for just under 4,000 yards and averaged more passing yards per game than anybody else with eligibility remaining in 2020. That's pretty good. So do you Iowa, have eligibility remaining? So Iowa State, I didn't throw. I do, but I didn't throw for over 
you know, he had 306 yards per game last year passing. And, and we're not even talking about his running. The, the, the kid can tuck it and run a little bit too. Sort of that sneaky good tuck it and run runner that like a Joe Burrow was last year. So I don't think that this team is getting a lot of acclaim. I don't think that this team is, is high on people's radar. But when you have a Brock Purdy, you can beat anybody in this conference. And, and when you have a Matt Campbell as well. I, I mean, Matt, what Matt Campbell has done with that team is nothing short of, you know, miraculous. He, he's done a fantastic job there. You've got a nice running back. And you're right about Purdy. He put up. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields type numbers at Iowa State, and they're sitting there right on the edge of the top 25 this year. The Big 12 is pretty wide open, uh, as wide open as I can really think of over the last few years. And would I be surprised if that's a team that's playing for the conference championship at the end? Not at all. Right. You get in a shootout and you have maybe the best quarterback in your conference. Uh, you're going to be right there. And, and, and like you said, they do have a nice running back returning, and it's a young kid. That kid, Brees Hall, came in as a freshman last year who really didn't play until, you know, what, midseason he started getting some touches, and all he did was rip off over 100 yards per game and nine touchdowns and eight starts as a freshman. So, you know, a running back in the Big 12, a running back in a Power 5 conference, if you're putting up numbers like that as a freshman before you've really had a chance to hit the weight room, it, it, you, you could get some excitement building for your sophomore year. So with Brees Hall in, in the backfield together with Brock Purdy. And your best tight end in the conference sitting out there. You got, being... Then when you're talking about your tight end, you know, look, I mean, they, they don't have – it's not traditionally a great – wide receiving core they had the kid that got drafted by green bay a couple of years ago laser or lazard or um but traditionally this is not a team that has has put wide receivers through to the nfl or had that sort of elite talent out on the edges but with that tight end with that running back with that quarterback they've got a puncher's chance in most games i agree now if we move on to we just talked about a freshman but this year Incoming freshmen or transfers. I don't know what I, this isn't the dark horse. This is our incoming freshman incoming transfer. Player. Yeah, incoming yeah, player. Yeah. Incoming player. Do you have some? Do you want to lead off here? I mean, I'm probably going to steal yours. I can't, uh, you know, the worst kept secret in Oklahoma. They named Spencer Rattler their starting quarterback last year, uh, yesterday. I was confused as to when he wasn't the starting quarterback. I mean, well, they, they, that was that Tanner Mordecai. They, I think they had a, another they kid who'd been there a couple of years. I mean, everybody knew that this kid was going to be their starting quarterback. I was actually surprised when they brought in Jalen Hurts and he wasn't their starting quarterback the year before. But apparently, he would have been 18 years old. Yeah, and, I mean, yeah, and they had a championship team, but they bring him in, and this kid, look, he's done nothing. At the college level, I mean, it's seven for 11. He's throwing 11 passes with one touchdown. But his high school stats, and I don't know if he was playing in some sort of JV league. He, I, I don't believe he was. I believe he was playing in a high-level prep league setting. But this kid started for four years. All four years he started in high school. He threw for over 11,000 yards. And over a hundred touchdowns. Yeah, I mean that's that's some insane production at the high school level. He's pretty good. So 
when you bring him in and he's surrounded with weapons. I mean, you still, you still have, you know, Charleston Rambo coming back. They bring in the transfers, uh, Obi Abialo, Theo Howard. They bring those guys in who combined for over 2,200 yards receiving last year. So they bring in those guys. They return a wide receiver in Trajan Bridges, tight end Austin Stogner. Both of those guys are real high four-star recruits. So, I mean, you've got a team that's stacked around him. Who's going to run Maybe the ball Maybe you have there, no though. running game. I mean, Maybe. Abdul, Abdul Adams is up in Syracuse toting the rock. If he would have just stayed in Oklahoma, like how much is that guy punching the air right now? You know, I mean, if he would have just stayed in Oklahoma, he'd be the starting running back for a national championship contender right now. If there's a place you want to go and play quarterback, if you're a recruit, that would be the one place you're going to go. Four straight years, you've had a Heisman finalist. These guys are getting drafted. You know, Hurts, if he doesn't transfer to Oklahoma, is he a second-round pick by the Eagles? I doubt that. No way. If he just backs up Tua again, they're making him play a different position most likely at the next level. He becomes a second-round pick for Philly, and that's a, a great place for him to land. So, that is an offense. That's a system you absolutely want to go to. And in the college football scene, right now, Oklahoma quarterback every single year is something that we're going to want to pay attention to. What Lincoln Riley's been able to do with that position, bringing in different guys, and it appears to work with each one of those players, their production, that's a lot of pressure on Spencer Rattler, though. Like they've, The quarterback has been the man there. It's a ton of pressure on the kid. I mean, when – and not to, not to sort of uh, you know give away anything, but when you look at a team like Oklahoma, you look at a team and a kid like Spencer Rattler, where he is going to have to perform huge every game because they don't have much of a defense and they don't have much of a running game. So this is. You know, this is Sam Ellinger all over again. Sam Ellinger last year all over again, where they really couldn't stop anybody. They couldn't run the ball. And they just said, here you go, Sam, have at it. And that did not end in a Big 12 championship for Sam Ellinger last year, even though he's Sam Ellinger. So do we think that Oklahoma is surrounding this kid with more? Or is he expected to be better than Sam Ellinger was or is right away? We're gonna find out. I, that, I, I can't that's, answer that. For that's you right an incredible. That's an incredible weight on this kid. That's yeah, so a lot. It, it'll be interesting to watch, but I mean, it, there could not be a more intriguing incoming player for me than than this kid right here. I doubled down. I was right there with you. You doubled down. Yep, I'm. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I don't right know right. how you can't. I, I don't know how you can't. Just the it, position. I don't even care who it is. You are the number one recruit from a year ago, but the Oklahoma quarterback after Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts. You need to see what's going to happen. Land, you're going to just leave off Landry Jones like that? I mean, I, I mean, with this stretch right here, I think Jason it was okay. White, somewhere Jason those guys White off. is crying. We're going somewhere, with the Lincoln Riley quarterback. Somewhere here. Jason White is weeping. You know, and, and not only that, not only the position and that list of quarterbacks too, Henny, it's, it's what Oklahoma means to this league. You know, right. you, you have to go through Oklahoma to win the Big 12 championship. So if Spencer Rattler is what he is, then you still have to go through Oklahoma to win the Big 12 championship. If, if Spencer Rattler is not what he was supposed to be, then it's wide open. You've got four or five teams. Maybe in you're heading to a different town win. in Oklahoma. You've got four or five teams in this league that could win it if it's not 
you know, going through Oklahoma again. Which brings us to Offensive Player of the Year. I'm staying in Oklahoma for this. I, I'm staying in Oklahoma for this, too. I mean, is it... I think you just uh, took uh, my notes here. Again, is it... Uh, look, we've talked about it before. We don't compare the notes. So, like, sometimes... And in a league like the Big 12, I I think it's tough to have a league like the Big 12 where you're going, let's pick a champion. Let's pick a, you know, a, an incoming player. Let's pick an offensive player of the year. Because really what you're dealing with in this league is you have these guys that jump off the page so when you're talking about offensive player of the year how does the canadian cowboy not jump off the page at you how does chuba hubbard not jump off the page at you and what he was able to do last year and really the past two seasons i mean this guy just leads the country in total yards from scrimmage last year he he rushes he's he's a volume rusher he's getting far and away more carries than any other back in the big 12 so i mean he is everything to that Oklahoma State team. He will continue to be everything to that Oklahoma State team. You know, we talked about those other guys, but this still revolves around him toting the rock. And he's going to do it again this year, and it's going to be impossible to not give him that Offensive Player of the Year award. You're right. Barring an injury, the numbers he will put up, that he will accumulate during the season, will put him in that position, Chuba Hubbard, to be your Offensive Player of the Year. I brought up the fatigue to you earlier. With the numbers, I, if you're Oklahoma State, ideally you're not having to rely on him to do all this. I think back to what Clemson was doing with Travis Etienne last season. If Oklahoma State is able to be productive and winning games and not in these crazy Big 12 shootouts, ideal situation is this kid is not having to shoulder all of the load for you because your goal would be having him fresh end of the season, late in November, conference championship game, hopefully a playoff. So if you're Gundy in Oklahoma State, I would be a little bit of a pitch count with this dude early on the season, unless, like, obviously we need to be running him, but they have big goals in mind this year. You do have to win the games or like, it doesn't matter, but. Like a Clemson with Travis Etienne last year. Yeah, where, I mean, that's what I not, said. Dan, are you were you listening? I was not. I was looking at my notes. I was going to say, because so, I just said, like, I was Travis looking, Etienne at Clemson last year. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. It, hopefully this thing I don't know <laughs> I was actually looking at my notes on Brock Purdy from where we were talking about him before because he would be you know my other guy that other guy that you would talk about because everything rests on his shoulders and if the, he plays like Travis Etienne at Clemson that, last year you know what I mean for that Iowa State team you know if that Iowa State team is right there sticking their nose in that one two three seed it's going to be because of him and you know and his shouldering that load with running and passing he's the really the only guy that anybody could even name on the Iowa State team so he would be right there in that offensive player of the year or maybe even more more suitably in that player of the year conversation Oh, player of the year. We're not quite ready for there, though. You're on a defensive player We're not of the that, year. Uh, th wait, they name those in the Big 12? They do. There, there is one. They give it away. Is it like a consolation prize, or is it like a real kind of like award? Uh, Kenneth Murray was impressive last year. I assume he was the defensive player of the year last year, but it, it is like, an I interesting. I that Scott Satterfield wasn't the ACC coach. <laughs> I feel more confident that Kenneth Murray would have been the Big 12 defensive player of the year last year. Right, you talk, I'm looking it up, which means I'm not listening to you. So just 
That's all right. You can tell. I assume. Yeah, so just talk. I'll stay in that linebacker position because I'm going with Joseph Asai, the linebacker out of Texas. You're going to hear a lot about Texas for me in the uh, next few conversations we have here about the Big 12 because we haven't touched on them enough. But is there more? This kid was the defensive MVP. So is there anything more appropriate for Texas than using a bowl game performance to build hype? So when you think bowl game, hype, you're talking about Texas in the college football scene over the last few years. Three sacks in the Alamo Bowl. That's what I read. Didn't see it, but Dan probably watched it and, and liked it. But this kid's got a cool story. Joseph Asai, your linebacker from Texas, born in Nigeria, comes over with his mom when he was 10 years old. And he was one of the reasons Todd Orlando gets fired because people didn't feel like he was using this kid's talent enough. So they're going to bring him a lot. They're going to bring the pressure with him. I think he only had a couple of sacks during the regular season, and he had more sacks during their bowl game when they Orlando was gone or moving out, and they used Asai in a little different position. But still, top 10 Big 12 in tackles for loss and overall tackles. So the kid put up numbers last year, and this year will do the same kind of thing. He'll get to the quarterback a little more. So defensive player of the year coming from Texas, their linebacker, Joseph Asai. Okay, I, I'm going to bring in a guy that nobody is talking about. Linebacker Joseph Asai. <laughs> Travis no. Etienne. So, um, you know, I I looked at and, and considered West Virginia has a senior defensive tackle, Darius Steels, who is being picked by most Big 12 pundits as, you know, potential defensive player of the year headed into the 2020 season. I didn't want to go there. Because it's just too easy. So, so give me. And then there's a whole list of you know. There's there are four, five, first team all Big Twelve defensive players from 2019 returning in the Big Twelve this year, which is a pretty sizable number when when you take a look at some of these other leagues. But there is Wyatt Hubert, uh, Kansas State defensive end. Greg Ellsworth, an Iowa State defensive back. Oklahoma State defensive back. Colby Harvell Peel and TCU defensive back Trayvon Mooring. But my guy, who's like one of those bands that you started talking about when you saw him in like a little bar and then they get big, is is Terrell Bernard, linebacker for Baylor. We were in on him early, early last year. I started talking about him. He had 15 tackles in that Oklahoma game during the regular season. He played huge down the stretch for that Baylor team. He was the quarterback of their defense, and I just like to be right. So I'm going to stay being big on him and, and predict even bigger things for him. Terrell Bernard, Baylor linebacker, defensive player of the year. Kenneth Murray, Oklahoma linebacker, not defensive player of the year. Uh, who was it? James Lins. Oh, well, yeah, that kid was awesome. All right. Um, it's sometimes it's better to be happy than right, though, Patron. I want you to keep that in mind. You don't always have to try to be right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Being, I, we don't have to go to Jamie Newman right now. Being right is I happy. mean, we don't have to bring up Jamie Newman right now. We'll save that for maybe our um, group of five who's, and who's other incoming, stuff. Whose incoming player was Jamie Newman? Is it me? Not me. Oh, oh it was your, your uh, bold prediction was that he would lose his job. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, Wait, he quit. Did he quit? I mean, so he, seriously, you know, as a sidebar, did Jamie Newman quit because the writing's on the wall? I mean, I don't. I'm not here to. I think it's a whole. I think it involves agents and NFL money and 
I think it involves a whole lot of other different situations. I don't even I right. it'd be hard for me to decide. Because anybody um, who doesn't remember how good JT Daniels was when he played and how highly rated of a recruit he was is you know, living on the East Coast, not paying attention to the West Coast. But you remember that kid. I remember. He reclassified. As you do. And was basically playing as a true freshman at USC during his senior year in high school. <laughs> That's impressive. I mean, come on. So, you know, whatever numbers he put up that year, he looked competent, you know, as like a uh, he couldn't even buy like a pack of smokes yet, but he was playing quarterback for USC. Well, did you? And, and so, and then he looked in spring ball. He beats out Keydon Slovis, who looked phenomenal last year for it was USC. Great. So, I mean, uh, you know, I, uh, you called it in your bold predictions. I, I thought that the injury would sort of put him on the shelf and put Jamie Newman as the starter. But clearly, there's something going on behind the scenes where Jamie Newman decided it was best to just hang it up, opt out this year, and you know get ready for the NFL draft. Did you know we we got a request today? If we want to talk about Jamie Newman right now, all right, we're taking this aside from the Big Twelve. Okay, okay. I, I, Big, I, Big Twelve preview is is on hold. We've derailed right it a little bit here because we brought up Dan always being right. Well, and so we went to Jamie Newman. Um, was that you always being right, or was I wrong about Jamie Newman or something? Patron. In any, in any way, shape, or form. Our, lawyer, our loyal listeners know that we take phone requests here. We got one this week. This one came from Kirby in Athens, Georgia. He wanted this song dedicated to the one that got away. He was talking about Justin Fields. Kirby knows he was wrong. Justin, he wants you back. Justin, I think Justin would. Right now. <laughs> Justin Fields can't even play. I mean, we talked about it last year. Like, Isn't Justin Fields on a plane right now to Athens, Georgia? Yeah, you they're built having, this system around your dual threat quarterback <laughs> or whatever, and Justin Fields can't play? They're having, like, one of those run through, like, the tarmac hey, on the airport. You know, like, He lands, but... For some reason, he has to land a mile away, so there's like a half-mile slow-mo jog, which ends in a hug, and maybe Kirby Smart throwing his his Georgia visor in the air. Like, I picture Kirby Smart getting in touch with Justin Fields today, singing him this song <laughs> with their new OC, uh, Todd Monken, and some of those receivers. I mean, it's set up perfectly. In the background? Like, are they like... Uh, so that, anyways, so the SEC back. makes its way into the, the, SEC. the, the, big, the big 12 is like, we freaking hate the SEC. They knock, we they spend 10 us, minutes. They knock us out of the college football playoff. You're supposed to be talking about Spencer I'm Ratliff sorry. and big 12 player of the year, Sam Ellinger. But instead, you got to uh, my next note. Oh, 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 you got, you got, how did you know that was coming? Wait, come on. You had Sam Ellinger. You know, you're using my notes. No, I sent you. I am not. A hundred percent. You are. You literally are. Anything. You yeah, didn't I did send two me weeks anything. ago. This is the, this is you literally what I sent you. Anything. I'll show you the email where I sent this to you. You what, copy and pasted say? this. No, what's it say? What, what, like, look, at your, look at your, look at your, um, 
Look at what you had there for like your incoming guy with Rattler give and Chuba me, Hubbard give, you're in Oklahoma State. That's what Joseph, you're using. Joseph aside, give, fine. Give me your. That's I'm just. Uh, I mean, give me your pulling back a curtain a little bit. Give me your play. That see is the principle. So wrong. That is I agree. So wrong. It is so wrong. Yeah, I I use no, my it, own notes. These are my own notes. Okay. Just great minds think alike. Yep. So give me your Sam Ellinger Player of the Year rundown, and then I'll give our listeners a better one. Yeah, I, it'll just sound a lot like what I said. Um, but, you know, the right-click thesaurus button on Microsoft Word. <laughs> I, I, well, if we're going to talk about Ellinger for a second, I and mean, you can talk about Texas, it, I don't put too much stock into bowls, but we saw what had, was at Georgia two years ago, last year, uh, maybe Utah, another nice bowl team. But they're one of those, like, I fall in love in college football okay, with. Wait, again, I don't put too much stock. Is that synonymous for none? <laughs> right, very little. But anyways, I want Still, people to listen none. to a bowl okay, preview okay, so right, I can. Uh, but fine. that's. Texas is a program where, like, I l- fall in love in college football with those traditional powerhouses. Like, I want Texas to be good. I want USC to be good in college football as, as a college football fan. And that's how I look at Texas every year. So maybe it's just me wanting Texas to be really good because it's better for the whole scene. But Sam Ellinger is – they're going to – Texas is going to go as far as he takes them. He's in a tough spot. He lost two great receivers – both in the NFL. Tariq Black is an interesting kid. Like we could have talked about a transfer. I mean that guy That's he's the Michigan wide the receiver. The Michigan transfer. wide receiver is now transferring and he's wearing number zero because you can now wear zero in did college need, football. I did not need notes for that. That was so, straight memory. Tariq Black a year ago played at Michigan. Um is going to be maybe their go-to guy replacing Duvernay and Colin Johnson. So that's pretty cool cuz Tariq Black had uh, studs like John O'Corn and Brandon Peters. And don't forget, don't forget my boy don't Shea forget, Patterson. Don't forget my boy. Shea. I already told you we don't want to. I don't want to divert again from the Big Twelve. But Shea Patterson popped in my head for a dude who should have said, "I'm opting out to train for the NFL draft a year or two ago." Yeah. Because can you just opt out for the NFL draft and convince people that you're good enough to be drafted? Yeah. Exactly. If you just say, "I'm opting out for the NFL draft," they're like, "Oh well, then." Oh. He must be an NFL quarterback. He must be good. The bad part is Shea Patterson played out his senior <laughs> year. The Paul Harris effect. And, yes, where Shea Patterson. Uh, <laughs> the more you play, two, the more people realize. Nope. Don't nope, you agree? You're not a pro. Like the shavier <laughs> the of shavier. Ann Arbor showed up and didn't get it done. <laughs> and now the kid confused. is. He went undrafted and has been cut without a game happening to go undrafted. And also be cut. By July 10th, and the draft was in May, is not good. So, anyways, um, Sam Ellinger not going to be this kid. Tariq Black is pumped because he has a real quarterback throwing him the ball. Oh, jeez. You convinced me that Shea Patterson <laughs> was not great. That's, that was the guy you used to be. Yeah. Yeah, go back and listen. Not a real uh, – yeah, he was bad. He was uh, bad. But – Ellinger is going to be the man this year for Texas. He is going to be the player of the year in the Big 12 on the best team in the Big 12 this year. So it's easy to say the best team, the quarterback, gets this type of recognition. But for Texas this year, it will be the case. Texas is, I think, the team to beat. But we'll get there in a couple minutes. Do you know – trivia. A little trivia here for you, honey. Do you know – the only quarterback in FBS history with at least 12,000 passing yards and 2,000 rushing yards. Cole McCoy. 
Central Michigan quarterback Dan Lefevre. Okay, yeah. I got a Le- I don't have your notes. I got a Lefevre reference in some here. Cowbell. So Ellinger has a chance. It's maybe not so great of a chance anymore because of the shortened season. But he had a chance to get there. He still has a chance to get there. But this kid is at almost 9,000 passing yards, 1,500 rushing yards. He's so close. he still has a chance to get there. He's, he's one of the best quarterbacks Texas has had in a long, long time. I know they had Colton McCoy out there winning. Vince Young was extraterrestrial like i mean he was just a freak what he did in the rose bowl against michigan you were there and then subsequently um the national championship game against usc where he just single-handedly won mac brown a championship was incredible but sam ellinger has been a guy who has sort of under the radar because texas's defense hasn't been there They've basically had no running game to speak of, which we may get to later. Mm. But but Sam Ellinger is a guy who his player of the year award almost feels like this lifetime achievement award. That's a good point. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, come on. Who has done when you look at the landscape of college football and you look at Texas football being back, that is coincides with Sam Ellinger being the guy. I you know I, I mean it I don't know if Shane Bouchelle ended up winning the AAC offensive player of the year or if he was like a newcomer of the year, but this is a guy that Ellinger forced out as the incoming starter. Bouchelle was a very good quarterback for Texas and Ellinger forced him out. And, and to Bouchelle's credit, he stuck around, hung out. Ellinger got hurt a couple of times and Bouchelle came in and won some ball games, but Sam Ellinger is a kid who is, to me, as easy as Chuba Hubbard for Offensive Player of the Year. Sam Ellinger for Player of the Year is my guy that's tagged. That's why we both have him. It's not because I'm stealing your notes. Not at all. You would have had a Dan Lefevre reference. By the way, here you go. Hold my, hold my beer while I do this. There we go. Um, I, we're so going chalk with I've a couple of those awards, but I think you're going chalk a lot in the big 12. The big 12 has been a chalk league, you know, yes, I, I, I mean, well said when we get to the big 12 championship game, if you want to go off the rails and get crazy and say something other than Oklahoma, cool, have at it, but I'm going to have at it. O- Oklahoma's won the last nine out of 10 big 12 championships or something like that. I mean, they just, they're, they're 40 something. They're 41 and four in the big 12 since 2015 or something like that. I mean, it's, it's incredible what they've done in the big 12. So it's going to be difficult to pick against chalk. So, you know, and, I hear you. and again, you want to do that in your bold predictions. You want to do that in your regular predictions. Cool. What but about somebody that's a rising this is star? Kind so of a chalk league. If you're going with a chalk league, so what about somebody that we're not maybe talking about here as much? So I think that that's where we get to this nothing to speak of. Well, hang on, because a rising star and maybe a maybe a set standard star is Lord Hobo Brewing Company, which just makes absolutely incredible beer out of Woburn, Massachusetts. We have the Lord Hobo, and it, it's appropriate to mention right now because we're going to get into the Texas 
running backs who are lowering Ooh. the boom sauce. I like that. On the Big 12. We got the Lord Hobo Boom Sauce double IPA, which I'm passing over to you. I, Thank you. You know, Roshan Johnson is another one. Again, we were on him last year as a freshman, and we were on him last year as a freshman more as this selfless player. He came in as a highly ranked dual-threat quarterback that you went, holy cow, like, look at this kid. Could be pining for playing time. Could be saying, you know, no, I'm not giving up a year of eligibility. I'm already, you know, sitting behind Ellinger and waiting my turn. They needed a running back. He came in. He actually proved to be phenomenal at the position and was a stud, racked up 807 all-purpose yards, and is now coming back and staying in that running back room this year, along with, can I get a dark horse like position group? Is this legal? I think can with I, the Texas I, position, that's a good a idea. Dark horse position group because I'll allow it. Because with the good, no bell. We lost the bell. We need to get a new bell, by the way. But the the uh, the dark horse position group when you bring in uh, Bijan Robinson, who's the number one running back recruit in this year's class, as well as that deep dive, that deep dive guy Gabriel Watson, who is the 2018 Division II leading rusher from Sioux Falls College. Oh. This kid this kid at Sioux Falls College averaged 178 rushing yards a game with 11 straight 100-yard games. So I mean, I, you know, I don't kid know. Kid can play some football. You know, I mean, I don't know. He's playing, you know, Twin Cities Iowa College and whatever else he's playing. You didn't think I knew about Twin Cities Iowa, did you? Yeah. My buddy I didn't know Iowa had Twin Cities. My buddy's from Twin Cities, yeah. Or no, I'm sorry. It's called Quad Cities. Yeah, Quad Cities, Iowa. My bad. Well, I know I the thought, DJs from I Quad it, City. I thought it was all cool. Then Quad I missed, City has then some I great DJs. It. Quad Cities College. Um, so, you know, I don't know who he's playing against, but Texas dives deep into the pool and comes out with a Gabriel Watson along with the number one running back recruit from 2020. Gabriel Watson has about every award you could win in Division Two. And plus they have Roshan Johnson coming in. So that running back room is stock full of talent, even if it's not necessarily known talent. I think that that's your dark horse position room. You know, it, Texas isn't going to bring in a bum at running back either. Like when they're filling out those scholarships, it's Texas. yeah, it's Texas. And if they want you to be a running back for them, you're going to go there. That kid is going to be legit. And that'd be pretty cool to see somebody go from D two to that stage at Texas. And Rashawn Johnson is a great story. We talked about last year where a lot of these kids are transferring. They don't like, you know, somebody beat them out and you're JT Daniels and you get beat out by Slovis, you transfer. That's what quarterbacks do right now. You only have your five years to play your four and all these waivers going on that guys leave and find a better spot for them. Miami's going to have a quarterback that can do that for them this year. People are doing that. You saw with SMU. When we saw him decide to not play that position, go to running back, I really like that. The, I'm a little embarrassed right now for my rising star dark horse because you said this was going to be too easy. But I don't know if Darius Stills would ever tell you anything in his life has been too easy, along with this guy. I don't, I don't think a lot of college football fans would be familiar with a D-tackle from West Virginia just because they're, the last couple of years have been down. No, hundred percent. I'm so I'm, I, I'm not giving your rising star or your dark horse any. I'm not diminishing that at all. There are a bunch of Big Twelve pundits, but you're talking like dig deep into Big Twelve country, and this is the guy that they think may win Big Twelve 
you know, defensive I like your story here, but but no, I don't think this is off the mark as a dark horse just because these 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 inner Big Twelve country pundits are picking him to win Defensive Player of the Year. They might be doing that as their own dark horse. Well, when I kept seeing his name pop up, I was like, I got to Why is this? His brother, who's a junior, Darius is a senior. Dante is a junior. Dante was the more highly recruited player. And when I started looking into Darius Stills, because he was popping up on all these preseason watch lists and awards. He told stories about he would meet with coaches. They'd go to camps, him and his brother. And the coaches would call them both in. They want to meet with you guys afterwards. And they'd sit down and start talking to him. Then they would offer the younger brother a scholarship. And he would have to sit there and hear his younger brother getting offers. And so if you watch this dude play, I watched a little bit of his highlights. He, after a sacks, does a shrug. That's become his move. And he's looking at it like a, hey, I told you is what he calls it. It's his, hey, I told you celebration. So when he gets to the quarterback and sacks him, he shrugs his shoulder saying, hey, I told you. So reading a little bit about Darius Stills, I loved his story. Wasn't the big time recruit like his brother was, but has worked at it. Preseason player of the year, like you mentioned, for a lot of the Big 12 stuff. But it's, it's a cool guy when you hear what he has to say, how he approaches football and life in general. So Darius Stills. Let's root for that, dude. Yeah. Hopefully he lives up to the expectations, which are pretty wild for a West Virginia D tackle this yeah. season. I mean, when all the accolades start pouring in for Henny and Patron, which they have already, we don't need to I'm just going to do the shrug. I'm just going to do the shrug. The hey, hey, I told you. Hey, I told you. Yeah, I told you. Told you. Told you. A couple of middle-aged dudes can start a podcast about college football and beer. Told oh, you. I hey. hope I'm not middle-aged hey. yet. Wait, we're not? What are we? Are you elderly? No, no, no. I'm just about to reach my prime. <laughs> I'm at my prime. Yeah. So, all right, do all right. theory. The do th- <laughs> game of the year. This is a fun one. This is a now. This is a league with not a lot of chalk. You know, with with a lot of options for game of the year. And although I'm gonna go chalk with game of the year, there are a ton of options in this league because I think of what we already touched on with the Spencer Rattler thing, that if he is who he's supposed to be, then that squarely puts Oklahoma as the favorite in this league. But if he's not, or in, in not even like, just like not, not like totally not, but if he's just not at that super high level of performance, this is a wide open league with games where nobody plays defense are just, they're crazy. They're absolutely insane. Yes. But I'm going to go with Bedlam just because it, it, it this game has, has constantly delivered. I know that there's also the Red River Shootout, which I will never refer to as RRR. It is the Red River Shootout to me. It always has been. They changed it. I don't know why. I didn't know that. Um, so uh, it, I love that game. But for one, it's early in the season, and for two, it's got that like funky noon start, which I don't like that they do that. Bedlam's late. It's at night. It's it's rivalry is just one word. You Where know, is like, it this year? Bedlam. I think it's Oklahoma. Oklahoma. I think it's at, at the Sooners. Hold on, I can tell you in a second. Though. Actually, I can tell you. Let me let me take a look. Let me take a look. So it is Oklahoma at, at Oklahoma State. Nope it's 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 at Oklahoma. It's in Norman this year. Ooh, and it's late. You know, it's Saturday, November twenty first. 
So it's late in the season, and we're coming down to it with these two teams. And how can you not love this this rivalry that's just Bedlam? And you want to love it a little bit more, too. You want to love Bedlam a little bit more. Sure. It's not even born out of football. The whole Bedlam thing is not football. It's wrestling. Bedlam got the name because these wrestling gyms were so ruckus during wrestling matches between these two programs that they started referring to it as Bedlam. And then everything these two programs play is called Bedlam. Women's soccer, wrestling. Bedlam. Everything's Bedlam. Bedlam. There is no not Bedlam when these two when these two play. Anything, that's cool. Anything. It's so a good that's story. And, and, and I love it. So when you take a look at the talent on both of these programs, it's fantastic. This is this is my game of the year in the Big Twelve and probably will be again next year. It that's fine. It's not the game of the year. I mean it's it's a good story and Bedlam's cool. It's not the game of the year. There's only one answer to this question. You just come short of saying that's cute, but it's not but you're wrong. <laughs> It's not the game of the year. <laughs> Halloween is on a Saturday night this year. And nobody's trick-or-treating. For the it's going to be a weird Halloween. We're not, I, I don't, we don't have to get into anything else, but you want to talk about the pomp and circumstance and the excitement of what's going to be going on on Halloween. Texas at Oklahoma State is Halloween night. When I look at that Big 12 schedule, and I just think of the energy that will be out and about on October 31st, Texas, Oklahoma State, those two teams are going to play not just once this year, Patron. So we are getting a preview because those two teams are going to see each other again. I have a pretty good um, guess that we're going to talk about that in the next couple of minutes. So I like Texas, Oklahoma State. Runner-up, Iowa State, Texas. You talked about Purdy earlier, and I just think there's going to be fireworks in that game. But I'm going Texas at Oklahoma State, Halloween night, that people will be talking about in that game on Monday morning. That's where I'm going. I'm trying to think if that – so the same night as that game on Halloween is Oklahoma-Texas Tech. And I'm, I'm trying to think – I was just trying to look up while you were while you were talking. I was trying to look up if the 2008 Michael Crabtree uh, Texas Tech Oklahoma game was on Halloween. Well, they, oh, I thought you were Texas Tech Texas uh, with Crabtree. No, te- Texas Tech Oklahoma was it Texas Tech? Was it Texas Tech Tech Texas or was it Oklahoma? I'm- I was at a government mule concert, and then we went. And oh, watched. so we're gonna trust your memory? Give and me a break! We, and then we went. Are you kidding me? Then that we saw the was end, it a little foggy? We saw the end of that game after because it went like several overtimes. Michael Crab, that you game couldn't was, see the end of your nose. I think the end of my nose is pretty big, so I could usually see it pretty pretty consistently. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, that that Halloween thing. That game is awesome, but there's there's other games on Halloween that is going to make Halloween not being Halloween. Like I, I, I think that we were just kind of throwing a bone there that they're like, you can't trick or treat. But if you want to have a bunch of people over for college football, 
and just like hand, like throw candy at little kids while you have a well, fire. Well, you've kind of aged games. out of trick-or-treating. I send three mercenaries out into the community, and they just collect candy for me for a night. So yeah, you've aged out of that a little bit. Yeah, I don't really have trick-or-treaters. We go to... I like, have three hired guns that run around this area. go to my area. parents' house and eat pizza and wings. I think yeah. the I think the older ones like got like yelled at by other kids last time and for was not like, trick or treating. No, no, no. I think there was like a little, little scuffle amongst the older trick. My kids were just walking around like my older kids were just walking around with their cousins. Some kid said he was gonna come to my mom's house and <laughs> something like that. And Let's my, leave the my older son was like, "If you think you're gonna punch my grandma, <laughs> Dorothy Mantooth is a saint." <laughs> All right, so we just worked through best games. It's it's time for everybody's favorite bold predictions, so, right? So time out though. I want I want to just step back for one second because you mentioned about Roshan Johnson not transferring, in that guys transfer and like J T Daniels going to Georgia, and you know things like that. J- Jamie Newman coming to Georgia and some of these guys. Um, some of these guys move around programs because they're not going to start. As a side note, and not to go down that rabbit hole, but as a side note, is this a good or a bad thing for college football? Because a lot of people go, oh, these kids are whiny and they just leave. And and I can see that side of the argument. But on the other side of the argument, I can see, especially at a spot like quarterback where only one guy starts, I think it's if a team doesn't have a good quarterback and some other team has two or three and the kid transfers to play like that just makes college football better. Yeah. But so I don't have as big of a problem with it as a lot of people who talk about, oh, this is bad for college football that everybody's just transferring around. I don't think it's bad at all. If you you have a limited window to play, you don't have forever. And most of these kids are never going to play after college. So if you're the backup, and I am sure there's promises made during the recruiting process. You're our guy. We're not bringing in anybody after you, or like we're you're gonna have an opportunity to play, and you don't. That clock is ticking. That's what made the Rashawn Johnson story so cool. Most quarterbacks aren't good enough to go and be Texas's starting running back, right? So he, he was a little different, but I don't blame a kid for transferring. Like you can transfer try to play you can be tate martell and try to do that yeah. sometimes it doesn't work out nothing's guaranteed but well, I, mean, I don't blame a guy yeah. for trying or you could be the kid from notre dame i mean look he, he transfers from notre dame to boston college so you're not really losing anything academically pardon me if that offends either one of those universities but they're both very very good academic universities you're not playing behind ian book you go and you go to boston college and you you're going to be the starting quarterback at boston college thus making boston college better so you took a guy off the bench at Notre Dame, made Boston College better, and what's you know where the where's the problem? So no problem. You know I, I like it. I I like it. I I like that some of the kids transfer around a little bit. I love the graduate transfer rule, and I am actually in favor of getting rid of the sitting out a year if you transfer rule. Just, maybe you, once. Just you, you maybe yeah one so time. Doesn't get too wacky. You can do it one time, but like I mean, it's not like scholarships are guaranteed. Right. You know, scholarships aren't guaranteed. If they don't want to renew your scholarship, you don't get it the next year. So they're making promises to these kids, like you just said. But there's no reciprocal. But you know, there's there's the reciprocal loyalty is well, you're gonna have to sit out a year if if you transfer. Well, if they don't renew your scholarship, do they not get to 
put a scholarship into that spot for a year? No, they can just fill it. You know, I, so, I never really hear about guys scholarships not getting renewed, so I don't know how that is. Handled. You don't hear of it that much because you'd probably be like completely blackballed by recruits if they started doing it. But the point of it is, is that the scholarships are not guaranteed. I know. Anyways, year to year. Bold predictions. Bold predictions. You want to lead off? My uh, my first one, and I want you right now to pull up Kansas Jayhawks 2012 football schedule. Do I have to? You have to. Okay. Because my bold prediction is. My bold prediction also is the Kansas Jayhawks. My bold prediction is they win a conference game. You haven't done your homework enough. Okay. They win a conference game. But what I want to know is, if I'm right, which apparently you think I'm definitely not. No, no, no. If I'm right, and they win a conference game this year, who is it against on what date? Look at their schedule. Why do their 2012 schedule going to tell me the date? When... I said 2020. No. I said 2012. I guess why I was confused, but maybe you said 2020. I said 2020. Maybe I said 2012. The table, the table roll and, and say it. I was probably looking at the big. I already 12. know. I have an answer for you because that's my bold prediction. So this is not, again, we did not plan this. Okay. So, so who do you Let got? Let me answer the question. Where do they get the win? You asked the question. I'll answer the question. Give it to me straight. Bold prediction. And, and Dan can talk about 2012 all he wants, allegedly, but Kansas <laughs> Has not won a Big 12 game in an opponent stadium since a 2008 trip to Iowa State. So I thought that's where you were going. Something about their streaks. So they have a decade-old record that's going to reach over 50 this season with road conference losses until we did not, October 24th when Les Miles brings the Jayhawks to the Little Apple. Oh, Chris Kleiman. Max Sun, Duggar Sunflower Showdown. Max Duggar out. And they win the Governor's Cup. So Kansas this year ends the road loss streak in a huge rivalry game. October 24th on the road. Kansas knocks off Kansas State in the Sunflower Showdown. So I... Weirdly, so I, had an. I'm probably the only person in the country that had an answer to that question, but I had one. I had them winning the Sunflower Showdown last year. We went all the way through. You could tune back into a program from October of last year or November of last year where we talked about the Sunflower Showdown. I think I actually gave a history of the Sunflower Showdown on that show, which is awesome But because I love history. I've got them winning October 17th at West Virginia. Ooh, also a road game. Also a road game. I've got them winning at West Virginia. I think your, your Kansas State game is a possibility. And, you know, home against TCU – with Max Duggar going out has got to be also in that in that contention. I don't know who they're playing at quarterback this year. I haven't looked that far into so, it. You know, I mean with Duggar Duggar's out for the year, he's done. He was one of those freshmen Oh, he is out for the year? Yeah, he was he was one of those freshmen that you were looking forward to watch play again and that's that stinks that he's out. We had to work Kansas in because this you look at the running back Puka Williams for Kansas. 
Right. I mean, we're not like, we don't have to go through all the positions, but for generational college talents, he's doing like doing things that like not even Gal Sayers was doing at Kansas. So he's looking for his Ooh. third 1,000 yard rushing season. Like, Kansas hasn't had a guy do that. So it's tough to be the running back on a team that is struggling. That cannot be an easy position to be in because you're going to get the crap kicked out of you every single weekend. Uh, are they a team with a transfer quarterback? They got to have a transfer quarterback, right? Well, no. What I actually, I would doubt that because what I liked what Les Miles is doing at Kansas, he is not going for the quick, easy fix. He is not rolling out transfers. Uh, you see, guy, uh, uh, you know, Lane Kiffin comes in. Let me bring in some shady dudes, some transfers, and see what happens. Like Lane Kiffin's Florida Atlantic quarterbacks are even kicked off the team. The kid who is going to be great for them. So you need to be careful. And what Les Miles has done is bring in recruits. From yeah, right. what I've seen, like he's it's it's straight volume. So this dude, Les Miles, has seven quarterbacks on their roster right now, and all but one of them. They have a senior, Thomas McVitie, who I, I, I do not believe is their, is their starter. All but one of them, Thomas McVitie, are, is a freshman or a sophomore. Hey, he's not going. He Les Miles is saying, I'm going to be here. Let's get our guys that we want. Let's teach them. We're not going to try to force in some transfers. And it'd be great if Kansas rewards him for that and yeah. lets him kind of work through it. And the only problem that I would have with that is that if you have Puka Williams, it, you know, it'd be nice to bring in a guy who can sling it a little bit. How many of those guys want to go to Kansas? Kind of bridge that gap. I mean, it's beautiful there. You know, I mean, it's 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 a cool place to be. It's not like if you're a basketball player. <laughs> So, yeah, you get to go to the ba- – well, no, you don't get to go to the basketball games. No, it's cool to be a basketball player and get recruited by Kansas, I'm pretty sure. So, I, I got another bold prediction, too. Here's what I got right now. Tell me. Uh, and maybe it's not that bold. I don't know. Maybe you're going to tell me it's not bold. Texas does not make the conference championship game. I, they got a bad draw. They pay, play at Oklahoma and at Oklahoma State. They don't get to the Big 12 championship game. Uh, that's That's bold. It's wrong. Dead wrong. Hey. Dead wrong. Well, do you have any more bold, or do you want to jump to Well, apparently me? it's bold because I think Texas is going to win the Big 12. Oh. So okay. I guess that's a bold. Oklahoma's not even going to play for the conference championship. Oh, so you are on the other side of this. Oklahoma's not going to play for the conference championship. Oklahoma is not going to play for the conference championship for the first time in 11 years. Where's the Rattler sound effect that you had? Oh, you made me bring up the Kansas Jayhawks 2012 hoops (laughs) schedule earlier. Um, They were 31 and six and finished first in the big 12 that year for Bill Self. Uh, So that's the Rattler noise is gone, but I'm going with Texas 11 year drought for them for winning the big 12, which I was very surprised. I didn't realize it had been that long. Texas is back. But that's been You're the with same. Sam Ellinger. So in the 11 years that Texas has not won it, they've only finished the season in the top 25 three times. This is a program, they've been eight times preseason top 25, and then they're out of it most of those years. So it's been high expectations, disappointment. They return to glory this year and the college football playoff. Ooh. Ooh. Texas, uh, Patron, I prescribe okay. to the do theory. So. They, you got rid of okay. – you, know, you changed your defensive system. Chris uh, Chris Ash, who was at Rutgers, I believe, comes in uh, to coach your defense whoa, now. Whoa, whoa, Rutgers has a team? Not this year. Oh, okay. 
Um, but so he, maybe that's why he came over. He's looking for something to do. But this, this is going to be the year for Texas. They have the best player in the conference, the best quarterback in the conference. We've talked about their defense a little bit. I think Tom Herman cleans up as coach of the year also. And Texas is your conference champion. So that so you just swooped in with let me let me just follow that bouncing ball. You just swooped in with the last three items on our list, which is bold prediction, Big Twelve championship, and coach of the year. Wasn't Swoop one of the? He's been one of the quarterbacks at Texas in this drought. Oh yeah, Swoop was yeah, in there. Yeah, that kid Swoop, right? Swoop was in there. Yeah, yeah that was no no pun intended. No. So who does um? So who do they play in the? Big they play Oklahoma State. Okay, and they beat Oklahoma State. They beat Oklahoma State, which was key to them winning the championship game. <laughs> so <laughs> that part was I, important. So I've got Bedlam take. Wait, two. can you pause for a second? When I said earlier that Texas Oklahoma State was going to have a rematch later on in the season, yeah, I'm starting to think Dan, like many others, is not listening <laughs> to this. I I heard you. I oh, just obviously, it, it yeah, yeah. Of course, it did. didn't. It didn't click at right, the time. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking up stuff to try to prove you <laughs> wrong. While we're talking. I don't doubt that at all. So I so I've got Bedlam take two. Uh, you know, if if one is good, then two is better. I would love to see it. Like I said, it, it's a monster of a game. We talked about that three headed monster that they have over there at Oklahoma State. Be wonderful to see them go up against Spencer Rattler and that Oklahoma just powerhouse who rolls out champion after champion after champion. I mean, with Spencer Rattler, we said it, without a running back, without a defense, he is going to have to have a huge game every time. Does it happen in Bedlam, pushing Texas in through and makes it your Texas, Oklahoma State? Does it happen uh, you know, in the Red River shootout? Does it happen in the Big 12 championship game? They're going to be an awesome team. I still think that Oklahoma is going to be an awesome team. But can Spencer Rattler perform every time because he doesn't have a running back or a running game he's got i'm sure like you said about texas i'm sure that the dude they're asking to be next man up at oklahoma can run the football. stevenson kid yeah, yeah I, i'm sure he's fine he's also you know, suspended the first four games it, of the year stevenson's that kid that wears the long sleeve non under armor shirt like <laughs> It's it's just it, it it looks funny in today's day Andre and age. Stevenson. You know he's he's wearing he's wearing the the long sleeve non dry fit Under Armour shirt, so it, it, he just sticks out as a guy. So I I want to see that because Oklahoma State's going to score. Oklahoma State's going to score. They're going right. to get scored on. So what that looks like in terms of Bedlam or the Bedlam rematch, but it's just tough to go against the Sooners. Like I said, four. 41 and 4 since 2015, 3 and 0 in the Big 12 championship game since 2015. They what Lincoln Riley has been able to do as the guy after the guy, maybe one of the best guy after the guy performances ever. I mean, when when you look at that, so I've got Oklahoma beating Oklahoma State in the Bedlam rematch, but I have the mullet winning the coach of the year. I got Mike Gundy, coach of the year. That'd be a nice story for him. Oklahoma is not going to win the Big 12. You bring up since 2015, but they've had a Heisman finalist 
every single year since 2015. Last year, they were 5-1 and one in games decided by a touchdown or less, and that was with an all-timer in Jalen Hurts at quarterback. So they played tight games, as we see in the Big 12. Spencer Rattler, that's asking a lot, like you said earlier, to be in those tight games and produce the way we saw Hurts, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield do it at Oklahoma. Not saying that Rattler's a bad quarterback. He's going to be fantastic, but that, they put a lot on the quarterback there, and he's just not going to be able to keep up with what Texas already has in place. Give me, give it another year or two. Spencer Rattler be in that position, but just not this year. You're taking my veterans' position. I love it. I love it. You're, I, I, and it's tough to agree with that Texas side of things. That's why I think that Texas not making the Big 12 championship would be such a bold prediction because that team returns, again, Sam Ellinger and a lot, a lot of talent. Can Tom Herman, much like Kirby Smart, can Tom Herman put it together and have a season where there's no letdowns, where he doesn't lose a game he's not supposed to lose? You know, Can he put that together fully for a full season and really do what Lincoln Riley and his predecessor were able to do, and that is win the games you're supposed to and then win a couple that you're not supposed Tom to. Tom Herman might be done. If he's not playing in the Big 12 championship, he's 25-15. and 15 100%. That's the hottest seat in, in his the Big th- 12. In his three years at Texas. So if that dude is not playing in the conference championship game, you might be looking at next man up. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, it, without a doubt, is the hottest seat in the Big 12. Because, I mean, who else are you looking at? Gary Patterson can just die at TCU. They're fine there. They're never firing him. Lincoln Riley, they're hoping he doesn't leave for the NFL. Matt Campbell, Iowa State's hoping he doesn't leave for the NFL. West Virginia's got a new coach. You know, I mean, Kansas State's got the new Mike, like, new Mike kid Gundy for all of, North you know, if, you, if Mike Gundy wasn't fired in the offseason, then he's not getting fired. You know, so it that is the really like the only hot seat in the Big 12. So there's a little added spice to that for Tommy Herman. So I, you do you have anything else? That's all I got for the Big 12. I'm good on the Big 12. With a little bit of interlude into college football practices as well as Jamie Newman. Oof. And that's funny. The breakup between Justin Fields and Kirby Smart. The SEC finds its way in. <laughs> that's all for tonight. As always, check us out and give us a follow on Twitter at Henny and Patron. You can listen and subscribe on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Go on and rate and review for us. Follow on Spotify, Anchor, Stitch, and essentially anywhere podcasts are found. Check us out on our page on our Facebook page, Henny and Patron, the two drink minimum, or friend me at Dan Patron. A special thanks to our brewery tonight, breweries tonight for the double IPA evening that we had with the Big 12, Lord Hobo, it's Boom Sauce, and Roarback Brewing Company for its Space Kitty. I am Dan Patron, and he is Kevin Hennigan. This is the two drink minimum. Cheers. Cheers.